Hi, I'm Lauren, and this is Grow, Heal, Bloom. Thank you so much for being here. This is the podcast where the ultimate goal is growth in whatever form that may be, and we unpack the ways that will help us get there. We might dabble in some healing, creating boundaries, some childhood trauma, but my promise to you is we keep it real all the time. This podcast is a collaborative effort from all of us in this community to be our best selves and to strive to focus on who we can help and how we can get where we want to go. We don't make it to the top alone. We only make it there together. Hey, I hope you're having the best day. Whether you're in your morning, afternoon, evening, whether you're doing something exciting. For me right now, it's Friday and I just have a little bit of work to do and then I get to spend the day with my son. So I'm excited. I just finished doing some breath work for myself. And so as usual, we will start that with you guys. I'll just talk you through it and count you through it this time. So um, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're not, go ahead and close your eyes. We are going to take a deep breath in through our nose for four seconds, hold it for seven, and exhale through our mouth for eight. So, all right, when you're ready, close your eyes and deep breath in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and exhale through your mouth, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. How do you feel now? You have some clarity. Do you feel calmer? Do you let your anxiety kind of slip away just a little bit? Doesn't, it's not a healing technique, but it definitely helps. So today I want to talk about a couple things I posted on our Instagram page because I have been doing a lot of self-reflection lately and just, um, you know, I'm really trying to get aware of where I'm at in life right now. I have a lot of things I'm working towards and I've recognized that along with the things that I am dealing with, I'm, it's scary. It's scary to have goals and to be at the very beginning of reaching out for those goals and I am thrown off my game. So, um, you know, besides that, I'm also still doing what I've been doing for the last 10 and a half years, almost 11 now. Wow. Um, <clears throat> And so there's two very different things going on in my life where one, I'm reaching out for new things and trying to be, um, you know, proactive and humble and, um, brave. And then the other one, I'm still trying to navigate my day-to-day life and normal things with my family, with my, um, job and things like that. So I've been trying to actively do a lot more self-reflection and I have recognized that there's still a lot that I have yet to do, but there's a long way that I've come as well. So the first quote that I posted on my Instagram page was what other people think of you is none of your business. And growing up, that was something that was always on the top of my mind. Like, oh, I can't do that because so-and-so is going to think this or, oh, what if I do this? But then so-and-so is going to be like, oh my gosh, she did that. Like it's, it's something that's like written in my bones. I felt, and in the last couple of years, I've kind of let go of that and it's been so peaceful, but I found another quote 
on Instagram and I posted that on my story last night and I realized that they're connected. So growing up, I, well, you know what? Let me read it first. <laughs> um, okay. So it was one of those carousel posts. So it's kind of long, just bear with me, but it, it's good. I promise. Um, we don't talk enough about the shame that childhood trauma survivors can experience when they are asked about who they are or what they need. Childhood trauma survivors, whether or not they connect with this as a part of their story, have had to spend most of their time keeping relationally safe in order to survive. Between connection with their parents and having a sense of autonomy, where the latter is a fundamental component for building a sense of who we are and what we need, children will always choose the former. The problem is, why did we have to be put in a situation where we had to choose between two essential needs? It is cruel to put children in such a position. It would be like saying, choose between your eyes or your ears. Both physical organs are important, and both psychological processes are necessary. When children are placed in this heartbreaking situation where they have to keep making one choice over the other, it makes sense that they would then lose touch with developing their sense of self and struggle to understand what this even means as they get older. Shame arises but the shame was never ours to begin with. I had to sit with that for a minute after I read it because I've never felt so understood. And that's what blew my mind because growing up, like I never really felt like I had an identity besides like being the oldest child, being a stepdaughter, uh, my faith, being a good student, a rule follower, extreme fear of getting in trouble and disappointing others, and then entered people pleaser, and then entered always caring what other people thought about me. I was so obsessed with the image I was creating that I lost myself in that. And I think part of it was because I didn't have a consistent safe space for my feelings, my emotional needs growing up that I naturally tried to be that for others. And oftentimes I neglected myself, but in trying to be that for others, that's the image I was trying to portray more so than actually trying to be there for them. And so I would then again, comes the people pleasing. I would push myself too far and I would go out of my way to, you know, do what people needed or wanted or expected. But then I wasn't happy with that because I started resenting that I was pushing myself too far more than what I was actually okay with. But I didn't recognize that those were the feelings I had. And so it was just this awful cycle of like going out and doing things for people, but then coming home and feeling, you know, upset or lonely or whatever it is that I felt and then having to go do it again in hopes that it would feel better. But then I, I didn't. And so it, that was literally probably the cycle of my life for a long time. And it took ages for me to realize that other people didn't grow up with the trauma that I did, but that didn't mean that they didn't grow up with any type of trauma on their own. So I'm out there trying to heal myself in a sense by healing people in the way that I was hurt. But then sometimes people did not need that. 
some people grew up in very healthy upbringings, in very healthy family situations. And if I'm sitting here trying to help through that, then they're like, I don't, I don't need that. And then that comes back to me like, well, why don't you need that? Like, you know, so that's something that I've really been sitting with for the last, like, I don't know, 18 hours and realizing that that's kind of what was happening. And so then it goes back to that first quote, you know, what other people think of you is none of your business. So also growing up, I had this self image of who I wanted to be. And I had such low self-esteem, I feel like, that all I cared about was my self-image. And I want to say, okay, so in school, being a teenager, you know, all of those things, I, I very much cared about that, about how I appeared. But there were certain times where I feel like I was like fighting myself in there because I'm like, this isn't like sometimes you're pushing yourself a little too much, you know, and then it ends up affecting you worse than it absolutely, you know, or than it actually could. Um, and so I have, I have a couple incidences in my mind that like literally have hardwired and lived there because I feel bad for, you know, but, but it doesn't, it never even affected anyone. So that's something. So, okay. Growing up, wanting to be this safe space for people, wanting to be the one that's there for people, welcoming, loving, you know, um, comfortable, a comfortable space for people to be, but also fighting that. I remember I was in middle school. I was in peer tutors for sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And then I was in pals in eighth grade. And if you don't know what that is, peer tutors obviously is you're a peer tutor. And then pals was just kind of, um, it was like a program where, if there were people who were dealing with like emotional stuff, they were lonely, new kids in school, um, stuff like that. Then you got a pal who helped to welcome you, you know, in the school, you would maybe as a pal, spend your lunch with this person. You would go out of your way to seek them to make sure that they were doing okay. Um, so in peer tutors, I, in eighth grade, I think I remember this meeting specifically, it was in like some random classroom and we had a meeting and I think we were voting for like positions, I guess. So like president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, like random things. And I remember wanting to like meet everyone. Like I, I'd already been a peer tutor for two years now. This is going into my third year. And I saw that there were like sixth graders, seventh graders who came in and who were like nervous and like more quiet. And, um, you know, the me that my self image wanted me to be was to be the person that was going and introducing yourself and welcoming them and talking to them and getting to know them and stuff like that. But the me that ended up coming out at that meeting was the very shy, like scared, um, person I was inside, I guess. And so instead of doing that, I like, I felt like I played mean girl, which was actually not, you know, what I think happened, but like, I just chose not to, not to meet them, not to, you know, ask their names, not to see how they were doing, not to do any of that. I chose to just stick with like the people I knew and like, I don't know. I honestly don't even know how to explain it now because as I'm talking it through, it probably didn't even seem like a big deal. And I guarantee you, they have absolutely no memory of this incident. I can't even picture faces anymore. I don't even know who these girls were, but I'm like just reflecting back on like, yeah, that's an incident where you definitely were exclusive instead of inclusive and were like, 
more clickish, I guess, than welcoming. And so anyways, that's something I've lived with. And as I grew up, like in high school, in, you know, after high school and, you know, things like that, I've tried, I've pushed myself out there to be in uncomfortable situations that are good for me, that are going to help me grow, that are going to help me be more welcoming and, you know, for other people. And I think a lot of like my job has had to do with that too. I've had to face things that I'm not comfortable with. I've had to do things that are outside of my personality scope, but I've also had to let go of other people's thoughts because you know, in the position that I was in. And I think a lot of it was like, you know, my integrity, I I have, you know, I had those people pleasing tendencies, but I also did stand for what I believed in, you know, by my actions, by my thoughts, um, by my words, a lot of times too. And so I started in 2011. I became a general manager in 2013. I became an operations person in 2014. And there was a lot of like, you know, I was still young. I was 24, but then everyone I worked with was also younger than me. And there was a lot of unnecessary drama, I feel like that was going around at that time. And along with, you know, the business side of things, there was also, you know, the high school drama, I guess, of it. And a lot of things were being said about me that I knew weren't true. And I felt the need back then to go and fix it, to be like, no, this is actually the scenario that's happening or no, that I never said that or, oh, I did say that, but this is what I meant by that. And through the years, I've honestly let that go because it really doesn't matter. But when you're going through life, there are so many versions of you that are out there in the world because of who you've met. You know, the person that you chose to hold the door for is going to be like, oh, wow, that's a nice person who was raised right. But if you're not even paying attention and you're in a rush and the next day you're running out the door and you don't hold it for someone and it slams in their face, they're going to be like, oh, well, what's up there? But, you know, those are two different realities of other people and that builds their perception of you. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Now, digging deeper into, you know, who your friends, your family, your not friends are you absolutely have done things to make everyone feel a certain way. Now, is it solely on what you've done to them? Is it solely on what you've said to them? No. A lot of it is their own image of themselves and how they choose to view the world. Their own perceptions are built on their own life experiences and their their mindset, where they're at in their, you know, in their own mental health. So, It makes absolutely no sense for us to be hung up on what other people think of us because we cannot control how other people think. And that is so freeing. I know I say that a lot, so I really was trying to find another word, but it really is freeing because you're not holding yourself slave to the thoughts, wants, needs, expectations of other people unnecessarily. Does that mean screw the world? I do what I want. I live how I want. No, it doesn't because we do still have an expectation to show up in society, to show up in our friends and our family's lives in a certain way. And that is respectful. That is polite. That is helpful. That is however we need to be to support each other. And that's when your confidence grows too, because when you realize who you are, and you realize that other people are going to view you however they want to view you, then you're going to start living your life how you want to live it. 
when you're truly comfortable with who you are, when you stick to your virtues, when you know what you stand for, you stick to those things. And that's what makes people gravitate towards you. On the flip side of that, if you're still searching or if you, I mean, there are people who know who they are and know who they want to hold themselves up to be. And they put on this fake persona and they show that to the world. And when you have to build that persona, when it's not who you naturally are, it's exhausting to live a lie over and over and over again. Because not only are you living a lie, you have to remember the lie that you've told. And then when you start with one lie, more come inevitably. But when you just put yourself out there and you show who you are, not only is it more freeing for you, not only do you feel lighter and happier because you have nothing to hide, but you're also free to do the things that you want to do. You're free to let go of people who might have only wanted to be in your life if it was beneficial for them. You're free to find your crowd. You're free to do all of these things that maybe growing up you thought, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Oh my gosh, that's not me. Oh my gosh, I wish I could be that person. And that's a phrase I will say I've eliminated from my vocabulary. I wish I could do that. There is and there isn't. If you wish you could, you do it. Anyways, before I get too much into this, I just wanted to say this was something that I feel like was a little bit of a breakthrough for me reading. And hopefully this is something that benefited you as well. I just feel like if you're still someone battling what other people might think of you, if it's in a healthy way, if you're worried about what your boss thinks, if you're worried about what your significant other's family thinks, if you're worried about, um, I don't know, people in your faith and what they look at, those are good things to be concerned about, but you still have to have the confidence to be who you are in those lines, in those boundaries. Don't lose yourself in worrying about what others think of you. Because at the end of the day, you are the only person you spend your whole life with. Just before you close your eyes every single night, you are the only person who's in your mind. You're the only person who you have. And you have to make sure that you're creating a safe space for you. You need to make sure that you are nurturing and caring for who you are so that you can be who you want to be. We could probably talk about this for a while before I start talking in circles, but I'm going to end it there. Just don't forget that you're the one you live your whole life with. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, but I also love to hear your thoughts on anything else you'd want me to go over and discuss. Um, as always, our Instagram profile is grow.heal.bloom. We're currently on Spotify and I think Google Podcasts or something, um, but we're working on Apple Music right now. So 
I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for this. Thank you. You've got this. I have faith in you.